Hi, this is Sarah Fox. And this is Maggie Kramer. And you are listening to Binging Christmas, the podcast where we watch all of the It's a Wonderful Lifetime Christmas movies and chat about them so you can avoid the really awful ones. And we have four left after this one. Home We're really stretch. In the home stretch. Um, Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our fair podcast on your podcast app of choice because there's only a few left and Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Um, <laughs> so that's a that weird song? expression. Uh, it's a line from a song from the Muppet Chris- uh, the Muppets Do Christmas with John Denver, which is my favorite Christmas CD. Yeah, but like album. the goose is getting fat so you can eat it. Eat it. Yeah, exactly. Please to put a penny in the old man's cap if you have. Okay, you don't want me to sing. I sang karaoke last night and it was not great. Um, so today's uh, Christmas jaunt is Rediscovering Christmas, which stars Jessica Londis, who is in the new reboot of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Well, BJ was was yeah. It's it got canceled. Um, BJ Britt, who is in Unreal. Uh, also, another lifetime vehicle. Um, and then Jessica Walter, who is Lucille Bluth. Uh, and yes. is incredible. An archer. Um, an archer. She, this was a, that was a really great stunt casting, I will say. Um, just If only she like, was in it more. I know, she didn't make many appearances. Um, so let me, let me read this description. It's quite, uh, small. So when Mia, a talented Boston department store window designer, that's a lot of adjectives. (laughs) Sorry. When Mia, a talented Boston department store window designer, travels to her family's Connecticut town to help her sister design the decor for its annual snowflake festival Christmas Eve dance, she finds herself at odds with and later attracted to the stubborn but kindly Adam whose grandparents founded the beloved festival 60 years ago. That's one sentence. At odds with but later attracted to yes. is just the description for everyone in these movies. Correct. And I'm also still reeling at the fact that that's one sentence. There is no period or semicolon, just a lot of commas. Jesus Christ. Um, So we get Mia, who is a little bit of a type A nut job. She's not as bad as some of the other leading ladies we've had. Oh, no. He's the miserable shrew in this movie. Yeah, he is more of the uptight one for sure. So she is designing these Christmas windows for Barrington's, which is a department store in Boston doesn't exist. That's where Sarah and I met. It's not a place. Um, so she's like training her new assistant and explaining that, you know, what she what she does and how she does it. And that there is a Christmas window competition that she believes if she wins, she will be promoted to. Am I am I remembering this right? That she would be promoted to national window decorator yeah yeah because that's what that job is called she's just a fucking visual merchandiser yeah we both work retail we both work at ralph lauren and there are people who have also her initial window is is like 
absolute garbage. Like I've seen, I've like walked by FIT and seen better shit in the window. Yeah. It, they don't, I will say that the like reveal of what she designs for this snowflake thing ball is quite lovely. I don't, later, one of the like things is that they have children cut out snowflakes. I didn't like that, but whatever, the kids did a fine job. So she talks to her dad and he, we find out that she's coming home on christmas day the morning of christmas day and he asks if perhaps she would be willing to come home early because her sister has taken on the responsibility of planning this christmas festival her sister sarah is has taken on the responsibility of planning this christmas festival because the woman who usually does it has broken her leg and by the way i was very confused about the sister sarah because we learned that she's the younger sister she Correct. looks significantly younger. Yes, but they and say yet, later that they're only like two years younger. Yeah, but like I, I thought when I, we first saw her, I thought she was like a college student, and then she's like married and has like a five-year-old. Yeah, and there is some interesting kind of. Um, her dad sets it up like something is legitimately wrong. I thought maybe we were gonna get like a divorce or like a real disaster but we don't really get that the she goes home and she finds out just that her sister is kind of mildly stressed out about planning this because it's a big christmas festival which yeah makes sense. the dad is like slightly there's pointlessly there's something off about the dad off. yeah just a little bit um, like, the dad, like, lured her out of Boston so he could, like, murder her roommate and hide the body. <laughs> he is, I will say that, so we, of course, have to have a dead person. Um, their mother is dead and has been dead for about three years. They don't lean very heavily into that as any sort of motivating factor, which is nice. It's basically just exposition um, that her mom is dead, which at this point, honestly, I appreciate that they didn't really lean into it. Yeah, I mean, it was... I just don't... The the initial... Like, why didn't they just make, like, an actual problem? Yeah, or, you know... Because, I like, don't... the second she gets there, this festival has a huge problem. So, like, why not just make that the reason why she has to come into town? Right. Like, I don't, well, I don't understand that delay. I don't either. I think that the, like, timeline slash inciting incident of this is weak. Um, we, I, I will say, you know, almost 10 minutes in, we had differing opinions on this one. I, I felt this one was kind of delightful and inoffensive. Oh, I hated it. And it made me angry. And I found it offensive on several levels. So this will be interesting. So the kind of general gist is that we have Adam, whose family is responsible for making this Christmas festival for the last 60 years, and he has taken over the planning of it from his mother because of the broken foot. And the, like, middle school gym, I guess, that they usually host the dance in has, like, burned to the ground which yeah is 
is quite terrible. Um, and so they have nowhere to host the dance. And that's when Sarah, or excuse me, that's when Mia gets involved and helps them kind of execute this dance successfully without the, um, the, I don't know, the gymnasium. That's the like general setup of this. What did you think was offensive? I thought that he was like mansplaining to her the entire time. Oh, that's so funny. Like she's there like donating her time trying to help as like a professional, like acclaimed designer. And he's like throughout the whole movie, he's like stuck on tradition. Like, no, everything needs to be the same. Like, just, I don't know. I was very irritated by him. And then even later in the movie, she gets him to do, like, a TV segment promoting it. And they ask about, like, a Christmas tree farm that his family owned that I guess was, like, repossessed or foreclosed on. Yeah, it was foreclosed on. And he, like, basically, like, kicks her out of town because of it. Just out of, like, sheer pride. And I, yeah. first of all, like, I'm extremely familiar with public relations and the way they address, like, how the media just, like, reached out on Twitter is like, <laughs> no, that doesn't fucking happen. And this is a real person's job. And they do the same thing with social media. Social media. Yeah, they have a, they, they have a teenager do it, a 16 year old. And then it went, like, he's good at it. And then at one point, she's like, wow, you're so great. Like, you should come help me design windows in Boston. And, like, what does that have to do? What what are you talking about? What does social media have to do with designing windows? I I genuinely don't know. I will say, like, I think, I don't know if maybe all of these movies have started to, like, melt my brain, not unlike snow. But I just, I kind of, I went with the flow on this one, and I'm not really sure what was the motivation behind that. So we their first interaction is at this, like, diner, because we have to have a diner in every small town. Um, it's a very, like, Gilmore Girls-esque town, except the diner owner is actually, like, an affable lady instead of a curmudgeonly man. Um, and she is picking up a raspberry pie because that's her favorite. And the owner, it, the place was called Cindy's, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I kept wanting to call it Carol's. I don't know why. Um, I mean, it's a freaking Christmas movie. That's what it should have been called, but whatever. Right? Um, so she meets Adam and essentially kind of like, jokingly calls him boring because he has the same thing every day and she's there like making a sugary concoction out of hot cocoa and the first thing she says to him is like wow you're reading a real newspaper i didn't know anybody did that anymore that line did make my eyes roll because Despite the fact that, you know, the claim that print is dead, like, people still straight up read newspapers. Yeah, That's like, not... you see newspapers. Yeah. So there were a few little kind of moments like that for sure. Um, but, you know, I think that... And there's a very unnecessary extended scene of her singing by herself in her car. Okay, I did not like 
any of those scenes. I So that was the only piece of this entire movie that I felt like I could do without. They always have like the one extraneous plot line that doesn't mean anything. And in this case, it's that she played piano and like composed music as a high schooler and sings and part of the like spoiler alert the scene that where she like convinces she loves him it convinces him she loves him is by singing a song that she wrote based on a poem that his grandfather wrote i mean that was the whole first i mean just the concept of this town festival being like entirely based upon his like great grandparents wedding (laughs) is like so he we we are led to believe that his family has been like growing this Christmas festival for the last 60 years. And it's, you know, been the kind of tent pole event of the town. I thought that her father had just retired there after her mom died, but I guess they grew up there too. Maybe kind of that was unclear because she said I think they grew up in maybe a different part of Connecticut because yeah. she says I'm going back to Connecticut in the beginning and the sister maybe the sister lived there first and the dad moved there when he retired to like be closer to his grandchild that yeah that might make more sense there is an <coughs> excuse me there's not a real sense of like her history in the town because a big part of them getting to know each other and all of the kind of establishing scenes that set up their relationship is him explaining this Christmas festival. Ugh, he's to her. such a mansplainer. There's literally she's the this whole freaking movie is about this festival. The first like few scenes where she like comes and meets the sister and stuff are at this festival. Correct. She agrees to help for free. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, like, let me, like, before you get started on, like, changing all of our traditional directions, like, let me walk you through the festival. And she's like, oh, I've actually seen it before. And he's like, no, you need to Not see through- it through me. And, and that's funny because, like, I thought it was kind of cute. No. I don't know. I thought it was, like, like Christmas mansplaining. This is, like, the ghost of Christmas mansplaining. He is... I guess he can be a little overwrought with explanation. Let's go. I'll give you that. Let's go with that. (laughs) He, I, but again, I'm not sure why this exposition didn't piss me off because he's also very exposition heavy. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a good mood because I took today off work and I don't have to go back to work until January 6th. I mean, that's amazing. I definitely have to go to work next week. But, like, I bailed. I just thought, like, I don't know. I thought he was, like, needlessly rude, dull. Like, his his entire personality is that his grandparents got married and it turned into kind of a thing. Yeah, he's very, I wish they'd taken a little bit more time to kind of build the relationship between him and his mother because that might have been more and his mother 
it, his mother and Jessica Walter are the only two people I liked in the movie. Like yeah, they're his funny. Mom is great. Um, yeah, well, she broke her leg, and she's supposed to be like writing the alphabet with her foot, which is a very like normal PT exercise for like lower extremities. And she's basically just like turning her foot in circles, and he catches her, and she's like, "I, what am I supposed to be spelling? This is stupid." And there's a, another great line with her later when the Mia's father like goes to see her and bring her like flowers and treats and stuff because she's been stuck at home. And he's like, oh, what are you up to? And she's like, well, I just finished my samba lessons. It's funny. Yeah, like, like she's, she's great. And this is the only movie where I was vastly disappointed by the chemistry overall, but the older romance chemistry didn't like save it i don't yeah i don't know if it was yeah i i I would agree with that i i don't know this one i think was more memorable for me than like storybook christmas or um i mean like at one i wrote in this note so like she like has a job Like, came back for the weekend to help her sister, not him. And then at one point, he's offended that somebody he met the day before Mm -hmm. is not taking more time off work during her busier season to help him for free. Like, that is a significant plotline of this movie. We we have some pretty significant role reversal here because on multiple other episodes I have started off hating a movie and as we've talked about it you have slowly learned or realized you hated it and through your eyes I'm realizing that perhaps I I miss something and then even when like we start to notice that he likes her it's like misogynistic and shitty like they go get a Christmas tree and stop at like one of those like overlook places to see the view and like she's out there and like catches him staring and and she's like what and he's like goes just admiring the view (laughs) like ugh. I this is this is a serious role reversal this is usually I am the one who is convincing you of your distaste. But now hearing you say these things out loud when in the moment I was like, oh, that's sweet. Now it's not. And also so I was on Amtrak today coming back from my company holiday party and I watched a very, very good movie on that train. What movie was that? Something's Gotta Give with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. <laughs> And Keanu Reeves. Um, Did you just choose to watch that randomly? Yes. I chose to download it on Netflix when I was still at my hotel and watched it on the train home because it's one of my favorite movies. That's incredible. And that is a freaking awesome movie. And it's still like older love and like younger love. And it's just like jack nicholson like plays a misogynist pig in that movie and i correct i like him more than i liked this guy who's like a misogynistic dweeb he i will give you that he is kind of dweeby i don't think so the like big kind of 
tension moment is when they do this interview and on the on on the television wow guys um they do this interview for like the local news and the local newscaster tries to be like all gotcha with him and be like so your family had a christmas tree farm and it it failed how do you feel about that and like he blames her and that was the moment where i was like "Mm, they haven't earned this at all nobody in this movie understands the difference between like marketing social media public relations and design or like that those are completely different professions industries anything i will say that her obsession with the website excuse me and social media only made sense based on her age like she's in her like early 30s so like her insistence that the website is bad i i was confused as to why she had such a strong feeling about it because that's not her job but i kept being like oh well she's i guess she's a millennial i guess like i feel like in an early version of this movie maybe she was like a publicist and then, like, they decided that wasn't Christmassy enough. She needed to have a Christmas job. So they, like, threw in the window design. That could very well be. I don't, I think that, obviously, we have heard from, you know, direct from writers that there were a lot, of, like, there are last minute changes in these. I don't know. Movies. I just didn't, like, any type of progress is negative to this guy. Like, even when he says, like, shitty negative things to her, she, like, has like a packaged positive response to it like she like takes it well she does but it's not She's... even like fun it's not even like fun disagreeable banter like we've gotten in a few of these movies like he's just being a dick to her i never felt like he was being a full-blown dick i he is a little defensive in ways that i found aggravating for sure And, like, the level of, like, unearned family pride he has about, like, his great-grandparents' wedding being kind of popular is weird. Yeah, the wedding... The history of the festival could have been explained a lot better. Like, why not have, like... You know, his father been like a like great opportunity to, that like the my grandfather was the town's first black mayor and he started right. this festival and like it was it's really historically important to this town. Yes, I think that I agree that I that that would have been a better setup for why he cares so much. I you know. They keep trying to do these kind of, they're trying to be like social commentary-esque where he's like, the Christmas tree farm was foreclosed on and we didn't, then they sold it to to a developer and we didn't do, we didn't get any of that money and blah, blah, blah. But they seem, like he and his mom seem fine. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's how foreclosure works. Like, why would you get that money? It's a, uh, you're, yeah, you're convincing me that this was not as successful as I had 
initially it's assumed. just it's just annoying and then even like her professional success at the end of the movie is totally unearned because she like spends all of her time in this freaking town where it's unclear if she even grew up helping with this festival and then leaves her assistant to fend for herself which shocker leads the assistant to like lying to her right which i mean it was and then at the end she like pulls something out of her ass that turns out to be a good idea and gets a promotion when like she was cutting out snowflakes and writing a bullshit song the other rest of the time i will say that i'm really really happy that she didn't turn down the promotion to go be in Connecticut. I was really afraid of that. Yeah, I was afraid of that too, but I mean, you know. I was like genuinely concerned that that was like when she, so one of the, um, so they, and they're also like the festival is the, the Christmas ball at the end. Cause of course there's like some stupid ball is like the town's big um fundraiser for the year but then like that's mentioned once and completely forgotten about and there's no like sick kids benefiting or like toys collected or anything like that correct and it's it's also it's not even as egregious as a christmas winter song where they're like we're fundraising for children's charity like it's and literally at one point she's like i'm a designer I can't stay for this whole week and help you, but I have some great contacts that I'm going to pull favors with, and I'm going to leave you directions, and they're going to deliver everything to you for free, and, like, my family is going to pay for all these Christmas trees, and he's still, like, salty that she's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's straight up fucking disrespectful that, like, his family's prideful shit is more important than her job. He does get a little bit. He he is kind of a curmudgeon, but it's it's like they went too far in a very vintage Christmas of the guy being like, I only like new stuff and her being like, I only like old stuff. Whereas this one, it was almost like they didn't go far enough to like his insistence on tradition it's there i know they try to explain it through his like familial shit but no this guy just doesn't like change yeah he's he is very change adverse that is yes you are 100 percent right you're 100 percent right and it's just so, like, his pride is just so out of control. Like, this whole, like, his family is more important than her job. He, like, has a rough interview and, like, kicks her out of town and tells her to go back to Boston. Yeah, that I did not like. When like, he was like, maybe it's time for you to go back to Boston. I That one I did not like. I yeah. Like, okay. he's either hitting on her or, like, ordering her around. Yeah, there's very little in between. I'll give you that one. I don't know. I I wish I wish this one had been good. I don't know. I thought it could have been. I re- really... I literally wrote down a oh, run girl. The rest of your life is going to be dictated to you. That actually is potentially true. And then she goes back to Boston and proves that she's a terrible designer by putting like fucking like 
80s hairband fireworks in the window. That was some next level bad. Like I that I did have and a also, moment. Like, her assistant was in that window constantly and nothing changed. No, nothing. And not she's at supposed all. to be this like prolific designer that's up for a promotion and her windows are like a silver background with a Christmas tree and like mannequins and gowns wearing sunglasses. Yeah, it's suppo- it almost is supposed to be like it looks like she's trying to do like a very 80s Christmas and it doesn't work. It's I also feel kind of bad because it's as if Oh, and then this also pissed me off when they like redesign the windows and the assistant's just like the re- the press release is out on PR Newswire. Oh, I I was hoping you'd clock that and kind of be pissed off as someone who works in PR. Like, ugh. Okay, you know what? You've kind of convinced me that this one was a train wreck. You really have. I just don't understand why this movie, like, these movies overall have done a great job of, like, not being misogynistic and, like, there is, like, working people and like maybe they like decide to work from other places or things like that but like they still keep like their jobs and their identities and she does keep that in this one but like it's not done well like she I don't feel like she was respected at all throughout this movie and like whoever wrote this like doesn't understand like public relations or social media or design it's just like i don't it's, know i think they thought this was gonna be like the elevated one like they i think they thought this one was gonna be a little bit more um adult like i think they thought this one was gonna be a little bit more mature and i i think you're right in that they kind of dropped the ball they, I wish they hadn't because, like I said, I really like. Why even bring the website and social media and stuff into it? Yeah, they they also try really hard to um, to juggle too many things at once that aren't. It's, a, it's yeah, another... like the songwriting point part of it was just completely unnecessary. Like Correct. she's already. She's already donated so much of her time and emotional energy to this that, like, now she also wrote a song. Like, and has to, like, pull her job out of the toilet. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. This, I wish that someone would, like, sit down with these scripts and be like, can we make these simpler and Yeah. And the guy did nothing to redeem himself. Usually when we get a shitty guy, he, like, comes around and does something did he apologize? They both they both apologize to each other, which like truly she has nothing to apologize for. But right. he still doesn't like his actions in this movie don't earn anything. Like he was ready to just shut down the ball. Like her and the sister saved it. He was just like putting up roadblocks left and right based on whatever they did. Like he was not a part of this movie's success in any way. That I will agree with you 100%. Like, nothing that he does directly, like, he is a roadblock the entire 
film for all of the ideas that she has. Like, she has to convince him of everything. Like, it would... Excuse me. They would have had to have canceled the entire thing if it weren't for right. her. I do think that he shows... And maybe this is me trying to redeem it, and I shouldn't try to redeem it. But, like, I, I kind of thought that he was, like, he gave in to the fact that, like, it was her everything that got them what where they were. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think that, like, the scene of her, like, going out of the way to sing the song should have been replaced by him giving a speech and, like, uh, yeah. giving her and her sister, like, the credit for this being a success. Okay, you know what? I I would have... I think that would have redeemed him. That. I think that's a good... That would have given some... Co- not necessarily context, but that would have given some... Or even have the mother give him, like, a talking to. And being like you know, what are you doing? Like, these girls are working hard to try to save something that's special to you and you're not being grateful for it. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know what? Fair. I'm I am coming around to your side. It's like this movie tried to be woke, but ended up still in, like, the misogynistic, like, way of life that, like, women still have to like have it all and do it all and like carry the emotional weight of everything like if they get married she's still gonna have to work and be the perfect homemaker and like be barefoot and pregnant yeah and he does strike me like as that like the traditional thing could take a turn yeah he is not great that could be very dark well you know I I appreciate that the tables have turned on this one. There's not, I will say that there's not necessarily, this one went fast. Yeah, the savior of this movie, I wouldn't say to totally skip this movie, like I said the last time, like squarely because of Jessica Walters, who has some amazing lines. Like when they put the fireworks in the window, she calls them ghastly. Yeah, she, and she wears like a lot of very dramatic coats with like fur collars and it's yeah and like bright colors yeah i i appreciate that um and she like at one point they're doing the windows and she goes up to them and she's like we're selling clothes not tinsel um she also at one point like just kind of full-blown is like you know, sales are down. The internet is killing us, and everything is trash. Why do you ask? And I love. Oh. So she leaves the sister alone. The sister, the assistant alone with Jessica Walters, which is hilarious because like the assistant's a little high strung and clearly afraid of her. And um, Jessica Walters calls the assistant by the wrong name, and she's like, "My name is actually Emily." And, and Jessica's response. Ellie. She calls her Eloise, and she's like, um, I think it's Emily, and she goes, ask your parents, dear, not me. It's, they wrote Jessica Walter very, very well. But they didn't write anything else well, so I kind of think they just let her come on set and, like, say whatever she wanted. She is incredible. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I want to say that I am 
now deeply apprehensive about the next one because it's called The Christmas Temp. And on IMDb, it is still listed as in development, as in no cast, no writer, no director, no description. Despite the fact that it airs, it's supposed to air tonight, tonight. in yeah. 10 minutes. Um, so Yeah, and just context-wise, we're recording this on the 20th, Yeah, if you're listening and care. Um, I also, I feel like they started to give up on these titles. <laughs> Would you like to read off the last four? Well, like, I don't. I would not say that this movie rediscovered anything. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't really see like I I almost thought maybe this one was going to be like a little bit more on the religious side and it was going to be like a person who like for the the title rediscovering christmas based on like the amount of these movies we watched. It would have been somebody who's like mom or dad died and like has not celebrated Christmas since then. Yeah. And then and they get, like, wrapped up in some, like, Christmas project at work. And then they, like, rediscover the joy of it. I thought just designing Christmas or would have been nice. I don't know. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't... That rediscovering Christmas means nothing to this movie. You're right. No, this, okay, I, I'm firmly, you know, 40 minutes in, I'm firmly on your side. This one was not great. Um, I'll give it to you. Well, hopefully the last, so the last four are The Christmas Temp, Christmas Love Letter, Christmas Hotel, and A Date by Christmas Eve. They're not doing, they're not doing any movies on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. This feels, I'm not complaining because dear God help us both, but it feels like they're ending it a little prematurely. Well, I am also really concerned about the Christmas temp because it's about a temp that I guess like falls in love with her temp agency's HR manager. Oh no. Yeah. So this isn't, I don't know if this is a lifetime description, but this is the one that's on Good Housekeeping. I don't know. And it says, to make ends meet during the holiday season, a struggling artist relies on a Christmas temp agency. A Christmas temp agency. Not just, like, a temp agency. Uh, um, to secure festive gigs throughout the month of December. That is, comma, until she gets distracted by the agency's attractive HR manager. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. So this, like, may not be a movie for the Me Too era. Well, stay tuned for what might be the Christmas train wreck of the of the slog of movies. I just I thought they would end this with like something big and flashy like a Christmas wish. And I don't think they are. No, I don't. I don't understand why a Christmas wish and Christmas reservations are not the last two movies. I agree. Like, like those make... should be, like, the finales of this. Right, because that, those are the ones 
maybe they want us to go back and watch those again. I don't know. Lifetime, if you're listening and any one of your development executives would like to speak with us about the thought process behind this, we would happily have you on the podcast and we'd figure it out whatever we'd figure out whatever technical difficulties we would inevitably have with someone calling in. Um, yeah, I just, oh man, I, I, I am exhausted by these. I, yeah, I just worry. I, I feel like Lifetime made the decision to do like more movies than ever this year. Right. In a very similar way as like we decided to record podcast episode for all of these movies this year. Correct. And maybe bit off a little bit more they can chew and the last couple of movies um are the like sputtering. Are like, yeah, like solid afterthoughts. You I think you might be right. Well, with that in mind, please stick with us as we wrap up the last four films of the It's a Wonderful Lifetime thing. There has I will I promise I will come up with a better noun or adjective i mean siri and well it's not like collection uh yeah collection i feel um, like that gives it a little too much gravitas and it's not a retrospective because nothing no. is like we're not reviewing anything or okay i'll figure it out but um yeah please be sure to rate review and subscribe uh this was our first sarah to maggie flip <laughs> uh, um and follow us on at Binging Xmas on Twitter and Facebook, where you will find um, all the announcements and links for our new episodes. And have a jingly day. Yep. And don't be misogynistic. That's life lesson of the day. <laughs>